1 Corinthians 3, verses 1 through 18. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendations to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on our hearts, to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, not uh, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, if the ministry of death, carved in letters on stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of his glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ it is taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Barrett, back in the chair. Yes, sir. So happy he, to be here, dude. I'm so happy that you are here, as thank, I sure, thank as you. I am sure many others are. Thank you. So Will. we're in Second Corinthians three, uh, continuing through this letter from Paul to the church in Corinth, and this is an interesting chapter that we've read today. It starts with, you know, sort of this confident assertion and like the integrity of Paul's ministry. Right. And then he moves into all this Old Testament imagery. A lot of glory in there. Lots of glory. I think I just read the word glory like 12 times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of glory. Yep. And then there's this really clever image that he uses at the end involving a veil. Mm. So he, he talks about the veil that Moses would use to cover his face mm. after talking to God. And then he talks about that veil basically being what still lies over the hearts of people who don't see Jesus in the law. Yeah. And then he brings it all home with this uh, famous verse 18. We all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from one degree, degree of glory to another. Hmm. So a lot going on here. Yeah. Barrett, what are, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, kind of point blank. Well, one, one initial thought is, you know, if you, if you don't understand 
the old covenant versus the new covenant, mm-hmm. you're just going to have a hard time when you get to passages like this. So if you want to be a student of the word mm-hmm. and, you know, I have a particular bias here for what's called biblical theology, which yeah. mo- many are familiar with, but biblical theology does not mean like theology that is biblical. <laughs> biblical theology means like the story of scripture. And so it's looking as opposed to systematic theology, which just takes like the topic of Jesus. And mm-hmm. it gives us like 12 bullet points on who Jesus was. He was the son of God. He was the son of man. He is the, you know, the one time sacrifice. Yeah. And so it kind of bullet points out, but biblical theology looks at this whole story. Yeah. And so I, you know, for those who come to passages like this and, and they, it starts talking about Moses and like, there was glory in the ministry of death, <laughs> but now there's like much more glory in the ministry of righteousness, you know, and you start reading all this stuff. And I, th- I think the average Bible reader just gets very lost. Sure. And it's just like, what are we talking about? You know? And then, and then what we do is we tend to just latch on to like, you know, verses like verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, you know. The spirit of the Lord yeah. is, there is freedom. There you go. And so we start singing songs like yeah, that yeah. and it's like, okay, I have no idea what all that like veiled stuff was and the old covenant ministry of death, ministry yeah. of condemnation, ministry of righteousness. But I like verses like that where it's like, yeah. spirit of the Lord, there's freedom. Chris Tomlin doesn't talk as much about the, <laughs> the ministry of condemnation, not having glory. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You don't feel, you don't, there's not a whole lot of songs that are written about yeah, the yeah. ministry of condemnation. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think Paul is trying, he's, he is referencing very specific things. In fact, he's going back to Exodus 24. Yeah. And it's this chapter where uh, Moses goes up on the mountain which, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into the whole story because I don't think we have time to. But like he goes up on the mountain. At that point, there's no tabernacle. There's no mm-hmm. temple. And so it's almost as though the top of the mountain there is the tabernacle. Yeah. And the reason is, is because it's where the presence of God is. Yeah. And so he goes up on the mountain and he's with God for 40 days and 40 nights. And, and he's like engulfed in this like, you know, cloud of God's presence for all that time. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back down off the mountain and, you know, all the Israelites are like shocked because the guy is actually glowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, his face is like lightened up and it's because he's been in the presence of the Lord for, for all that time. And so, um, so that's kind of the, the, the context of, of what uh, Paul's talking about. And he's talking about how, you know, when Moses came down off the mountain, his face was glorious. Like there was glory and, and glory in the Bible is always associated with light. Mm -hmm. And so like the, the light that was shining off him was reflecting the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the, the point that I think Paul's making here a lot is that, you know, the glory, there was glory in that old covenant and there was glory in Moses being, you know, in the presence of God. But now we've moved into this more glorious age than that. Yeah, yeah. So like even more glorious than Moses coming down and like his face shining the glory of the Lord. Like we've moved into this more glorious phase and it's the and it's this, you know, this phase of the spirit. And 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 that's what the new covenant is about. Mm-hmm. Um and and the spirit lives and indwells in each of each one of us, you know, who have given our lives to Jesus. Absolutely. And, and so he's he's so, I mean, first off, you're asking me what my thoughts are about the passage, and it's like, 
you've got to have some knowledge of the story that's taking place or else we're just going to go to verse 17, which is not a bad verse to go to, but yep. I think well, there's a lot more going on here. Jesus and Moses, to your point about biblical theology, Jesus and Moses, it's kind of like a sun and moon type relationship. Yeah. You know, the, the moon is just a rock that reflects the glory of the sun Mm. You know, like the the literal radiance of the sun. Yeah. And in the darkness of the earth, the moon is actually very bright because it's mm. reflecting this this uncontainable, you know, fire right. of the sun. Mm. So it actually gives light and it, you know, it has this dramatic effect on the earth. But when the once the sun comes up, once mm. the sun appears, it the you know, the moon is, is Irrelevant. You know, yeah. you might see it you in can't the blue sky it. sometimes, and yeah, it's yeah. just like this pale right. gray dot in the sky. Right. And so this is basically what Paul is getting at here, yeah. you know, concerning Moses and Jesus. Hmm. Moses, uh, you know, it, it's not like the ministry of Moses was meaningless, but uh, it, it was this it was this reflection of light in the darkness of, you know, the, the pre-Christ, the old covenant. Right. But Christ has come and, and essentially voided or more accurately fulfilled the law of Moses. Mm. And he's born the ministry of condemnation by being condemned. And so now he has a ministry that, as the author of Hebrews would say, is far superior. It's a ministry of righteousness. Right. And so why is he, you know, we, we have to connect all the dots here and say, why is Paul even talking about this? Like mm. he, he started this with all this weird jargon about letters of recommendation. And now we're talking about Moses and Jesus and yeah. veils. And, you know, we, we've talked about this a decent amount so far, but second Corinthians, it's a, it's a letter of restoration, like mm. Paul and Timothy and, you know, their little ministry posse is being reconciled to uh, the people in Corinth mm. after a lot of scathing rebukes over sin, right? which were always done in love. Um, but the people of Corinth have repented of sin and are, are mm. basically, you know, wanting to reinstate this relationship. And it's also important to know that Paul and, you know, his, his team, so to speak, fathered this church in Corinth. Right. And so, you know, Corinth, We've talked about this when we went through First Corinthians, and you know, probably some so far here. But mm. it's very similar to Atlanta. It, it's it's the place. There's a ton of industry. It's a meritocracy. So basically, your standing in society is like, who do yep. you know? What do you do? What do you have? Where do mm -hmm. you live? And so they've begun to take a little bit of this disposition towards Paul. And Paul actually declined in popularity among the Corinthians mm. because he worked with his hands. He was imprisoned a lot. He wasn't very impressive. He was a bad public speaker. And Paul is approaching them here. He, he's defending the integrity of his ministry and the right. genuineness and, and value of his ministry. Right. He's saying, am I supposed to like apply? <laughs> Do on, I need like, a letter LinkedIn? of recommendation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you are my letter. Like you are the reference letter. Yeah. Like your <laughs> existence. Right. And then he points to it's not... Verse five, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. And then he like jumps into this old covenant thing yeah. or old covenant versus new covenant right. thing. Yep. He's basically saying, this is what we're doing. Like 
your existence is because of our ministry of righteousness that has replaced this ministry of condemnation. And so don't be like the people who have a veil over their hearts as they read. We we have had the veil removed because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. He's removed the veil. And so with unveiled faces, we are beholding God's glory mm. together. And, you know, tomorrow in chapter four, he's going to get back into sort of this nitty gritty ministry talk, um, but in a different way. But we're kind of like climbing a mountain. Like he started right. on one end with ministry. He's going to go back into talking about daily life and ministry. Mm-hmm. And this apex is God has, the spirit of God has removed the veil from our eyes. And, you know, I think that that's yeah. important. I've I've heard this verse 18 just abused in so many ways, um, right. you know, and, and sometimes a well-meaning, but, you know, a lot of times the unveiled face, like, we kind of read that and talk about it as, you know, the veil of shame or of, you know, um, self-deprecation or fear. I've heard this verse uh, used like talking about COVID, like as like an anti-mask verse. Like it's, it's just, yes. Oh, wow. I know. Golly. I know. Okay. It, it's so important to see here. And, and this is like important. <laughs> COVID brought out the best in all of us. <laughs> it did. It did. It did. You can't do whatever you want with the Bible. Right. This is talking about the veil of the law, not being able to see Jesus in the law. Yeah. But we've had that removed. We see Christ as our atonement, as the victor of death. And so, you know, that is what Paul's ministry is built on. And that is like the essence of today's passage. Yeah. And I, I mean, and I would just, you know, one last note, um, because the verse now 17, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm. These are also verses that can be like very abused. Yeah. And, And what he's saying is, is that there's freedom in being under the authority and the Lordship of Jesus. Now Yeah, yeah. we're no longer under the ministry of condemnation no longer under what he calls the ministry of death. You yep. know, this 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 ministry that was under the Mosaic law. Mm-hmm. Jesus has now come, as you already pointed out, and he's fulfilled the law. He didn't abolish the law, which is what Matthew 5, 17 says. He didn't come and say like, this law is worthless, throw it away. No, he actually like fulfills it. Mm-hmm. And he, he meets all the requirements and all the demands of the law. And by doing that, he he ends the law and brings on this better covenant. Yeah. So that now all of us and the the Corinthians included that Paul's writing to can be under this uh the ministry of the of yeah. the new covenant. And yeah. so we have freedom within that. But this is not freedom to do whatever you want or freedom to interpret the Bible in whatever <laughs> way you want. Yeah. Like there's a specific there's specific things that we hold to and, and we we willingly and and happily place ourselves under the under the authority and the lordship of of Jesus. Absolutely. And I think just a good word to end on, you know, verse twelve, it says, Since we have such a hope, we're very bold. Mm. Um and, and then he goes into talking about Moses who Moses use this veil to suppress, to hide the glory. Yeah, the light that but was coming off. We actually on the other side of the covenant, we we display this glory mm-hmm. boldly. The the what the spirit has unveiled, um, we we display to the whole world. And that's the light of Christ who's yeah. come. So yeah. you know, as as we pull into work today, um it's it's a great reminder to to go in with an unveiled face. Um and 
you know, not, not just a brash exterior, but a face that displays the, the glories of Christ. So for Barrett Fisher, this is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow in the sunny pastures of 2 Corinthians 4. We hope to see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.